0: You're watching a Facts with Fiona media production. I'm Fiona Moriarty, and this is Facts with Fiona. Hi everyone, welcome to Brander Vineyard here in beautiful Los Livos, California. We are here today witnessing the harvest process from grape to bottle, and we're getting an exclusive tour of the winery and vineyards from Fred Brander, the owner of Brander Vineyards himself. This is the owner of the vineyard, Fred Brander. This is the head winemaker,
1: Fabian Bravo.
0: And then this is Nick Brander, the um, son of Fred. Everything is done on site here at Brander, which is very unique to uh, wineries. We're in
1: a, uh, we refer to it as Block Seven. Block
0: Seven. Okay.
1: Uh, it's a Cabernet block. Okay. With lots of different clones and rootstock uh there's 11 different combinations of woodstocks and clones on this plot. yes so every two to four rows is a different combination so we do harvest it all in separate pieces and okay. ferment it separately and age it separately
0: okay
1: and it makes it for an easier time during blending that mm-hmm. we have more options and selecting pieces to put it together to make we make two different cabernets and then a cabernet blend with other varietals so wow um Helps sort of that process. Yes. Pick our favorites for reserve cabernet and make sort of a mid tier cabernet and then use probably our uh, leanest lots
2: mm-hmm.
1: and be able to blend them with other things to balance it back out like Merlot, okay. uh We'll use a little bit of Syrah too to make that blend.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: they're just Clear two hook. different styles of okay. netting and uh, okay. so. Uh, this seems to be a little easier to put up and bring it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stays on the vineyard year-round, so like when we're done with it, we just uh, bring it down below to this area and and uh, use basically uh, wire ties and keep it mm-hmm. taut there on the drip wire, and it just stays there for the remainder of the year. And then whenever it's ready, which I think it's what they were doing now, they bring it up, yes, and then they use it to cover the grape. Area from keeping birds out.
0: How is the irrigation process? Is it from underneath here with a with
1: a drip line? Yeah, the drip line. Okay. And so that obviously stays there year-round, and it's about the time we start slowing down water. Okay. Um, we water, especially since it's been fairly dry. But when it gets closer to harvest, we tend to start watering a little less.
0: Okay, great. And then. um we can just get into it. Uh, I don't know, Nick, if you want to get involved. What Can we get into the, just the different varietals that you guys have here? So we can we just get into the varietals? Yeah. We focus on Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. Uh, right here is the Cabernet. It's the biggest block right now. Mm-hmm. Cabernet, Cabernet, uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon. We the lines, uh, 80% of the property is Sauvignon Blanc. Yes.
1: Then we have the more small ones. I, I categorize in my head. I know there's five reds. So okay, Capron, five reds. Cab- Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Syrah, Malbec. Pied A little bit of Pied Um And the white wine, a lot. It's Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. Sauvignon Gris. Yeah. Then on this block here, we have Muscat, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, Sauvignon. We have Petit Mensing. A little bit of Riesling.
0: And then how do you get your, like, I, I remember during a tasting, I have, like, a cuvee Natalie. So what what grapes are used for a, a wine like that?
1: Well, I can answer that. Yeah. So we use the Estate Sau OK. Uh, so some of the pieces that might end up in the unnatural, something that's uh, got a lot of acidity and freshness, but also flavor. Yes. And then we blend it with Riesling and Pinot Gris from a vineyard in Los Alamos called Kick-On. Might okay. be cooler there. And so uh, we don't always do the same blend. We tend to try to keep balance. So mm-hmm. uh, Reasoning, obviously, providing a lot of aromatic, also acidity. And, and it just works really well with Pinot Gris and Sablonc. Blanc. But it's yeah. a blend Fred's been doing about 92, 93. Uh, not necessarily the exact varietals, but using aromatic white wines blended with Sau Blanc.
0: And then, Fred, you had said that this wasn't your original location for the winery. Did you have well, a, a, a previous the, location? This vineyard
2: was planted in 1975. Oh, okay. And so our first crop was 1977. We didn't finish the building for the winery just that barn until
0: 1979.
2: So the first Brander label wine uh, from Brander G- grapes was in 1979. But in 77, our first crop from this vineyard, I took. Grapes down to uh, I was a winemaker at the Santa Ynez Valley Winery oh, okay. down the road, and so I made the first couple of vintages of Brander under the Santa Ynez Valley Winery label. Yes. and so uh, that's that's why. Then you transfer to your yeah.
0: own. Yeah. Let me just see if there's any questions that I missed. I, mean, I think yeah, you, you I think the gallery is the only thing that I'm missing and then um I would say Oh, um w- yeah, this what is it about the the area of Los Olivos that makes your wine so distinct? Like why do you why did you choose this location for the vineyard and how does the
2: environment affect the U.C.R.E.? Well, the Los Olivos area really is a stone AVA. I, I was uh, spearheading that that petition to become an uh, American local area, AVA, mm-hmm. back uh, six years ago, I think, it was uh, I think 2016. And it was, uh, you know, after many years of recognizing this area, pretty special, the uh, soils are Homogenous and they're you know gravelly sandy, prom. and the climate is quite distinct, it's definitely cooler than the Happy Canyon to the yes. east, and uh, a little warmer than the Santa Rita and Ballard Canyon to the west. So, I think it was it made sense to kind of separate this area and designate boundaries, create the ABA. and uh, this area is. District area is pretty, I think. Um, I mean, you can grow a lot of different grapes, but I think what does really well are the Bordeaux and uh, Bone Valley grapes.
0: And then, do you have any off site vineyards that you grow closer to the coast, or like you said, there's one in Los Alamos, correct?
1: Yeah, they're not owned by Brander. Okay, but we source grapes grape grape those? So, yeah, we went with On Vineyard, okay. and the vineyard close to the riverbed, uh, Mesa Verde Vineyard. And then another one right next to that called La Presa Vineyard. La Presa. And uh, those are the primarily the ones we've been working with for a long time and then consistently. Okay. Uh, and then we once in a while explore and, and source from other, other vineyards too. All right. Okay,
2: great. About approximately 70% of the grapes that we process here are our own grapes, the state grapes, grown grapes. And then uh, another 25% are. other vineyards in the Los Livos District AVA and then only four or five percent are outside like Santa Ana's Valley or maybe Santa Maria.
0: Okay and then how did you become a vintner like what sparked your interest in wine?
2: Well I'm a chemist by academic background and I love sort of playing with chemistry sets when Mm -hmm. I was in high school and and I love cooking and I like that transformation of uh, of ingredients to something that's really uh, Nice to drink or eat. Yes, and so, yes. So basically, I went from food chemistry, wine, pure chemistry to food chemistry to wine chemistry. That was kind of the transition to college. So uh, like I got my degree at Davis in winemaking, oil, well, viticultural, and any knowledge. Wow. I and mean,
0: then, is you, this is a family business, so obviously, you want. Nick, your son, to yeah. continue.
2: Yeah, my dad and I, you know, planted the vineyard back in '70. Oh, so your dad originally. Yeah, yeah.
0: Your dad was the one who started the vineyard, and then you took it.
2: Well, You know, we both kind of.
0: You did it together. Started it together. Okay.
2: He didn't really want to do anything in the wine department, so okay. he just kept to the vineyard. And so okay. we grew the grapes together, you know, and then uh, I did the winemaking for many years. Yes. And then my my son joined us. When how long ago? 15 years ago. Kind of full-time maybe 12 years ago, but I've
0: been doing harvest, miscellaneous stuff since I was a kid, spending
1: lots of weekends up here. What kind of varietal is this? This is Cabernet Sauvignon. So it's one of the the last things that we pick. Uh We'll probably be picking this stuff in the month of October. Okay. It might even be like the third week in October. Okay. They are starting to get sweet. The color uh, just changed over from being green grapes to red. You'll see, still see a lot of green berries throughout, but you're welcome to try them out. And okay. Them out. So they have developed uh, sweetness at this so we can point. Just yeah. Them,
2: them.
1: Okay. We can even make it a little easier and find that area right here where you can okay. stick your hand. Okay.
0: So this is
1: uh, Cabernet, is Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Sauvignon. So, do the seeds obviously.
1: The, the seeds eventually uh, brown up and brown get a little up. more crunchy, kind of like yeah. popcorn seeds where eventually the, the fruit's ripe enough when you bite into the seed, it yeah. pops like a, a, a kernel, but it wow. has a good pop. No, those
0: are really, really good.
1: And they're not even there yet. Tasty, In yeah. about a month, they'll really be much sweeter, uh, obviously more consistently red. Uh, so the
0: whites mature the fastest. They're the they're ready not, for harvest. Not pickets?
1: all, but most of the time that is the case. Okay. So like Riesling is one of the varietals that probably we pick towards the end too. Yeah. Not as late as Cabernet, but right before Cabernet. Okay. Riesling, we end up picking approximately the same time we start harvesting Syrah. Okay. Syrah is one of the early varietals for us mm-hmm. in red. Okay. Not as early as like Pinot Noir. We don't make Pinot Noir. Yes. But People that are, are starting to pick now too. Uh, very similar to like Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah.
0: After we took a walk through the vineyards, we jumped right into the harvest production process of Brander's Cabernet Franc. The grapes are picked right off the vine and then sorted in the grape harvest bins. I even rolled up my sleeves and got right into the harvest process myself. Once the grapes are sorted, they're loaded onto a forklift and deposited into the Roch A12 d stemmer crusher. Grapes are loaded into the hopper and carried inside a hold stainless steel or polyethylene cylinder where a beading shaft can detach grapes from stalks. This is the only machine that is used to separate the grapes themselves from the stems and then to split open the grapes in order to get at the sugary juice inside that is going to be fermented. Now that the grapes are separated, they're sent into the crushing phase moving into the Europress, where it's pressed into juice which then gets fermented into wine. After the grapes are pressed into juice, that's where the fermentation process begins. The juice is transferred from the press into stainless steel tanks to ferment. Unlike French oak barrels, stainless steel is known for what it doesn't contribute to wine. As a neutral, non-porous material, it adds no aromas or flavors, giving wine a crisp, fruit-focused character. Since stainless steel tanks don't allow oxygen exchange, wine develops more slowly than it does in barrels. The notes you taste in wine are not necessarily just from the fermentation process, but the vines and varietals themselves. Depending on the stage the grapes are picked, you can taste different notes in the wine. This specific Cabernet Franc red varietal has notes of dark strawberry, black raspberry, and even boysenberry. The palette is generous in very jam flavors that are spiced with light licorice, spearmint, and a tiny punch of pepper.
2: And making process.
0: Okay. And it's, what is the name of this machine?
2: It's a De-Stemmer crusher.
0: Destemmer crusher. Okay, so it goes in at the top.
2: Yeah, we put the grapes on the hopper. I've seen this hopper. Yes. And then there's a continuous uh, feed the screw that pushes the grapes from that end to this end and then they fall into this hopper and then and then they're the destemmed the stems shoot out this way and the crushed grapes come down here and okay bend
0: wow and then you have like a bucket down here that you yeah, collect well, that,
2: all well, of well, it those picking bins. yes For the bins we just washed so that's what we use for picking and for receiving the crushed grapes, mm-hmm. and then we'll take with a forklift, we'll take them inside and dump into the press
0: So how many people do you have working this machine? Just one? Maybe about three. Oh, three. Okay, yeah. three people. So this is the destemmer. This is the fru- first step in the wine production process.
2: Receive the crushed grapes. Oh
0: wow. Okay. Yeah, I see some of the leftover yeah. debris.
2: And so they, these were just emptied into the press. You can walk so are
0: these the is this the grape debris right here? Yeah, those are
2: Blanc,
0: Blanc grapes. wow. well. So is this the main room with is most of the, the production? Main fermentation room. Main fermentation room.
2: The tanks. These are our smaller ones. Yes. They're about 300 gallons. From 300 gallons to 4,000
0: gallons. Okay. What is he doing right there? Is he just kind of checking? checking? So, what's going on back here? Um, so we're pressing off
1: Sauvignon Blanc. Pressing uh, Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. And you know, we were talking about earlier about different styles or what makes Brandon unique. One of the other things that we do pretty often is we separate the press fraction. So at mm-hmm. this point, it's a very light press fraction. Yes. And then from this point on, we pump the juice into a different tank for a minute separate.
0: Okay. So this is the salvia, are these the grapes that you just had out there this morning? Yeah. Wow. So this is in total, you can get this done in a day from the grapes to until you age it. This will go into
1: tank, but yes. we let it settle for a couple of days to couple clarify. Days. So all the solids go to the bottom. Okay. And then we rack, which means we transfer the clear juice out to a different vessel. A different yes. Tank, and then we'll ferment there. Okay. It usually takes a maximum like two weeks for it to come on. Okay. And so two weeks from all right, maybe like 17 days from now, we'll actually have a, a cloudy but finished fermenting wine. Finished,
0: yeah. And then in terms of how do you get those finishes? Is that like sometimes and those notes when you're tasting a wine, you're like, oh, that has a pineapple note, some fruit flavor. And then on reds, you can taste some sometimes you can taste a little bit of chocolate. Sometimes you can taste a little bit of like a woody undertone. So how do you is that all through the aging process?
1: Often it's. No, it has probably a bigger influence in the vineyard. So picking date, picking uh, type of clone, uh, canopy management, uh, uh, age of vine.
0: Age of vine, okay.
1: And big time, even more influential, is yields heavy yields yields versus smaller crops. Okay. So we try The main
2: influence is the varietal. The varietal. Because you're not going to get chocolate from. You know, you're going to get it from reds you're not going to yes. get it from whites, certainly not from Sonia yes. Maga. you're going to get the, Fruity. I mean, the citrus, yes, uh, tropical fruit, your herb, herbs, spices, or flowers, but you're, never, you're not going to get chocolate. Chocolate comes from reds and it reds, comes yes. also from the barrel. Yes. Because you, especially a new barrel will impart like a vanilla, maybe like a mocha flavor, especially when mm-hmm. you toast the barrels, it gives it kind of a mocha flavor. Character.
0: So, do the reds? So, I know the whites are in these stainless steel yeah. tanks, but do the reds go actually in oak in barrels?
2: Well, what we'll do is we'll ferment in, in fact, we'll use the same white bins that we uh-huh. put. We'll crush the grapes into them, add the yeast, and naturally we'll ferment in the bins. And then we'll do uh, what you call a punch down. So we take a, a tool and punch down the uh, the skins that tend to float to the top. And we want it in order to. Really make red wine, you have to keep mixing the juice, with yes. skins, because it's the skins that have the color. The more you extract skins or the skin, you know, color, the more the darker the color, the darker.
0: yes. And then, Fabian, how big is your team here working? Do you There's have a staff? Not
1: many of us, so full time seller, uh, it's Fred, myself, and Francisco. Mm-hmm uh Fred's son also works with us. He'll okay. be here shortly. He uh, he also wears other hats. He does yes. a lot of payroll and other things for the brand Yes, business. Um, but during harvest, he helps us a bit more. And then we have a couple of landscape guys who, during harvest, they've been around several years, so they're really helpful. And so that adds another couple of people.
0: Yeah, so it's like a close-knit family here, it yeah, seems like, a Brander. we've
1: together for a while.
0: That's great. And um, then um, one of my final questions in here is, how has Brander evolved since its founding in 1975? How has it evolved? Evolved, yes. As a well, brand,
2: as a wine winery? I mean, actually, our first Sauvignon Blanc was the first wine we really produced at Brander, and for many years we only produced Sauvignon Blanc in the first wine from this vineyard, we barrel fermented it. Of course, I made it in another facility because we were just building this facility, but it got a gold medal at the L.A. County Fair, which was the first gold medal to any wine from Santa Barbara County in an international competition. Was that in 1977? That was 1977. And and I think the reason I, I kind of suspect that it probably had a good chance of winning a gold medal was because it was barrel fermented. Yes, and that's not something we do now. To make, well, we do a small amount of it, but uh, the fact that we did it in barrel, it kind of was unique. because very few people fermented yes. whites, and especially sauvignon blanc, in a barrel, and especially in new barrel So it had it kind of stood out.
0: Chardonnays think, are very
2: yeah, yeah. Barrel. You do that with chardonnay now, not yeah. so much with sauvignon blanc. And back certainly in the '70s it was a very new uh, new thing to do. And so the fact that we got a gold uh, medal, uh, you know, like that part of our sort of tradition of making Sauvignon Blanc. But we've really backed off uh, the first few years where a lot of barrel fermentation now, you know, 95% of our wines are seen steel and not barrel fermented. Yes. So that's kind of the, the trend or the evolution.
1: Evolution
0: yeah. of the brand. That's great. Since
1: then, we've been able to expand on the one bottling, uh, mm-hmm. working with a few other vineyards that we make vineyard designates with, uh, we make at least two that are 100% estate of so one in barrel and stainless. But we also use Sauvignon and blend other varieties to it. Like we have one with Pinot Gris and Riesling. We often use Semillon into a, blanc, a blend. Uh, so uh, since then Fred also has planted Sauvignon Gris. Uh, yes. Which is very close in family of Sauvignon Blanc, uh, also grown in Bordeaux. And so uh i think part of the evolution was that yes initially it was one bottling uh and now we made uh, about 15 different white lines wow uh, so we that's part of the evolution too yes
0: and you are in retail stores as well as restaurants is that only limited to california or are you in other states
2: well, we have a few uh, out of state- accounts but we don't have that much because it's just becoming you know because industry's been very uh, becoming much more competitive than it was when we started 30 40 years ago so right now you know we can sell practically everything in california and it's just um it just makes more economic sense to do that
0: yes well thank you so much for you know walking us through the process what is this um you know process you insert the wine from the top and then it comes out the bottom
1: so right now, I'll, I'll back up on that question. Yes. On that question. For instance, we are pressing juice, pressing And juice we're back using here. this white hose, with using a pump and putting it in a tank at the far end of the winery. Yes. Uh, the smaller tanks here, we usually use them for aging. So we'll ferment in the large in the other room here. hmm Because it's uh, the tanks are temperature controlled, so you okay. can adjust temperature, or you can cool it off as fermentation warms up the juice yes. slash wine. So once that uh, almost finishes fermenting and it's uh, not gonna warm up and we don't need cooling, we can move them into these smaller vessels mm-hmm. and uh, age it here. Okay. Uh, whereas, during a ferment and we partially fill the tanks, yes. fermentation produces a lot of CO2 so it protects the wine from oxidizing. Yes. Once fermentation is done, no more CO2 is produced, so we don't want partial air. So we use a lot of these small vessels. We fill them all the way to the top, you know, mm-hmm. one inch from spilling, and uh, then we can age our wines in this hallway. we yes. uh, And keep all these small lots separate like throughout the vintage. If there's anything that stands out, we'll hold about, about 300 gallons in these vessels. Uh, this one's about 530, and then those are a bit larger, like 860 gallons. Wow. So that, what Fred was mentioning earlier, it's nice to have different volumes, that way you can always separate something out and make sure you can fill it to the top, okay. once it's done for many. That's,
0: that's amazing. And then how many, um, so is this the full Sauvignon Blanc harvest, or do you have more grapes coming
1: in? We usually get approximately over 200 tons of it. Today okay. we did Less than four. Less than four, okay. So we have a long ways to go. Oh, we we have, have at least 30 days. So. 30 yeah. days, of, okay.
0: So 30 Today days was of was one profit. press load, one press uh, load.
1: Eventually it'd be every day, three press loads. Three
0: press loads. Okay.
1: Um, and that'll keep you living. Okay. Well, thank
0: you so much for walking us through the process. Yeah, um, thank you.
1: Know, you. From seed to bottle. Yeah, one of the cool things about Briner 2 is that you can visit us. Yes. And the winery, the vineyard and the t room. So yes. the hospitality is all in one spot. All in one. In yes. Los Olivos, or technically we're saying it is, but closer uh, to the town of Los Olivos. Yes. Um, so that's pretty special too. Yeah.
2: Well, we can show you where we put the uh, juice and might, oh, you yeah. might, you might want to taste a little bit of the juice. Okay. It's, delicious, so. that it's something great. that a lot of people don't get a chance yes. to taste. Do you want to bring oh.
0: This is the juice brush
2: from the Sauvignon Blanc harvest. Okay, I mean, we showed you the equipment and yes. uh, yeah. the press and then the juice comes into this tank. And that's pretty much it for today. Um, there's nothing else that we're going to do um, as far as the juice, you know, in a couple of days, like by Tuesday, Thursday, we'll take the juice out of here and see the the pulp will kind of settle uh-huh. below this level. And so we can attach a, a hose to this valve with a pump, we'll pump it into another tank, like we'll, okay. and that'll be clear, fairly clear juice. Yes. And then we'll add the yeast and start the fermentation process. Okay,
0: great. Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Facts with Fiona. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And for more behind-the-scenes footage of the show, visit us at factswithfiona.com and follow me at Fiona Moriarty on Instagram and FactsWithFiona Fiona on Twitter. See you next week.